So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.G. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom, and it is going to be a wonderful podcast because we are in unprecedented times, times that only come around once a decade, and in this case has never come around. Now, while there is mass chaos, there's also mass opportunity, and that's what this podcast today is dedicated to. Today, we are talking about how to turn fear, hysteria into opportunity and how to not only survive, but thrive. And as always, I have my trusted co-host, Rock. How you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It's been a whirlwind. You know, it's been oh, it's chaos. absolute chaos out there. It seems like, you know, we have capitalism without demand, which doesn't exist. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting world. And I've never been in a position where markets didn't work because of something that didn't have to do with the markets. And a lot of people, and this is how recessions work, right? Black swans, they come out of nowhere and we have recessions because we don't see them coming. And downturns are always different, but bull markets and turnarounds are always the same. And I think that's important to remember. I heard that quote. I don't even know who said it. It wasn't me. I said it. But it Rock said it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, and I really like it because it's very true. Right, the downturns are always something you would never see. You didn't know. This is gnarly. About it's, it's and pretty this bad. This is bad. And then the upside is always the same, always. I worked as a, a consultant for a lot of very large companies, billion plus in value. And one of the companies I worked for had a sign, and right when you came in the doors, it was on there. They had you know three thousand employees, maybe more than that, about five thousand employees. And when you walked in, the sign said, the company that uh, uh, the best and the biggest companies or whatever it was is not the most innovative. It's not the most, you know, has the best talent, but it is the one that survives. Um, and it's times like this that, right, and I always talk about it, how to, how to become a huge business and how to be the best in class, things like that. Now, on the, ups, up, the uptick, right, the upside, it's competitiveness. Right, it's about getting the best deals, working with the lenders, getting into markets and finding opportunities. It's about allocating capital in the right way. It's getting, it's getting instead of a six percent return, a twelve percent return. It's about hiring the key talent from your your empl- uh, your your competitors. But in times like this, none of that matters if you don't survive. And and a lot of those people and a lot of those competitors are gone. And so all that work on a market that's going up means nothing. And uh, we, we're seeing a lot of people, first of all, scared, um, which is understandable because the threat is both real, both on the health side and economically speaking. It, it's both really real. And, you know, as you mentioned today, I think the hardest part about it is nobody seems to have control over what's going on and we're not getting answers. Yeah, there's no plan. There's no plan. And every day you're turning on the TV and it's a new plan. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a mess. It's, it's hard. It, it's really hard to work in that route. And you have common avenues of distribution of products that are gone. 
you have common means of capitalization that's gone. Customers can't go out. There's no demand. And uh, everybody's waiting to see how the government's going to save them. It's not good. Uh, industries that we know of that have a lot of interaction, we're talking retail, you're talking hospitality, things like that, of course, were the obvious industries that were going to get slaughtered in a an epidemic that is passed person to person. But that's not the only thing. That's not how recessions work. That's not how the economy works. We're all really interlinked. Um, so I want to kind of talk about that real quick and so we can understand the situation and where this stuff comes from. And then we can talk about not only this unprecedented measure, but also the unprecedented opportunity that may exist and how to take advantage of that. So um, Rock, tell us what you're seeing and tell us the avenues that maybe some people aren't thinking that's affected what you're seeing yeah, your businesses as well as others that you're hearing from. Yeah, I mean, my sales are down 60%, so I've lost. Yeah, this sucks to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably, I mean, if we kept this trend, I'll lose over a million dollars in revenue. So your Ferrari's gone? Yeah, Ferrari, yeah, Ferrari my Lamborghinis. Lambos. Oh, It's gnarly, dude. If I, if I, I was telling Sam, if if I was a little bit bigger, like if I had more employees and more overhead, I would be done. It's just like there's no, and the problem is there's nothing I can do. Like they close gyms down everywhere. So, and I sell gym stuff. So, I mean, and I'm still making money. I'm, I'm, I, I still make enough to barely scrape by, but that's because I don't have a $5,000 a month lease. I don't have a $20,000 or $50,000 a month payroll. Like I can get to nothing. So I want to put this a little into perspective here real quick. How much were you doing two months ago? Dude, I mean, we were on track to do like two and a half, three million dollars. So now to give you perspective and why I think rock is not only going to survive, but thrive. How much money do you need to live? Actual money do you need to live? Thousand bucks. So <laughs> tell me right now how many people have, you know, businesses that make millions and need a thousand bucks to live, right? Not. So I, I think that you guys, people need to understand what Rock has done to make sure that he's allocating and using money the proper way and he's done things right. Whereas even people that, like, it's not that they're doing anything wrong, too. That's I think that's the important thing. Well, it is, it is, it is wrong, though. You have a little though. too much. Now it's everybody's like, yeah, See, that's it's the totally problem. wrong. Like, uh -huh. everyone, everyone who is acting the way that, that I would want to do, like, dude, I even talked to you. I almost bought, like, this half a million dollar house. It was sick. It was super sweet. I brought it. I brought you to it. Uh, I, and it came on the market twice, and I almost bought it twice. Or I probably almost bought it three times. And every time I came down to, well, I'm going to have a $4,000 a month mortgage and my utilities, blah, 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 expenses to clean it and whatnot, and versus house hacking where I pay 700 bucks, you know, 600 bucks, Or it, I really don't pay anything because my rentals cover all of it. Um, and I just could never pull the trigger. And instead, I bought two other investment properties, um, which are currently cash flowing. Both of those are for now. So, I mean, just thinking about that decision, oh, man, I mean, I would I would have just gotten slaughtered because right now, even still in this situation, like, I think I can make it through, but I almost look at, like, I should probably just get a job on the side as a backup because it's worth it to me to cover all my bases so I don't go bankrupt versus hoping, and I think a lot of people are hoping right now, and it's not going to work out for them, versus hoping and then getting just shot in the head, which is, that's what the government just did. I mean, I get that the virus is bad, but you just bankrupted like millions of people and you're not going to bail them out. Yeah. 
You'll bail out Boeing and Delta, but you're not going to bail out all these restaurants, the gyms, the hotels, like the mom and pop hotel, like Airbnbs. Think about all the people that were arbitraging Airbnbs on leases. Oh my gosh. You're done. You're done. Well, look at this. So I know people that had 15, 25 houses that they had lease arrangements for like year, two year long leases. And they were airbnb and they were getting the spread. And that's what Rock's talking about. This it's a horrible idea. A spread between the Airbnb lease that they are they have to pay versus the person that comes in every single week to Airbnb. Well, and here's the problem. Like, okay, you the Airbnb guy doesn't pay you anymore. What are you going to do? Go after that guy? Well, you're not going to get anything. Yeah. Good luck. You know, and that's why I don't do that stuff. I don't yeah. like people have asked me all the time. Like, and I'm you like, mean that as a landlord? As a landlord, yes. I would never. Like, I want you locked in on a good income. And like, those are the people I, I checked everything. Where does everybody work? I already checked it, and I made sure. Okay, high risk. All three tenants in one of my houses work at a coffee shop. Okay, well they're essential apparently. So technically they're still working for now, which is I'm grateful for. But that's a high risk situation to me. And if they don't pay, I'm out 1500 bucks a month. Okay, well, how long can I cover $1,500 a month plus my other expenses? And that's it really does become a game of survival. And this still feels like a dream to me because literally, I mean, I was making, in December, I think I netted like $90,000 in December. This is three months ago. I almost made $100,000 in a month net. I'm not talking gross revenue. And now... I'm thinking I need to go get a job. <laughs> like that's so insane. And I'll, I'll go work at Costco. I don't give a shit. I want to make it because I know my my company's fine. Nothing, dude. The company's. Totally I am fine. good, and it's it still makes money. I'm not yeah. bailing, but like, you just want to make sure it survives dude, no matter what. In two weeks, I went from doing on track to do multi six figures in gross revenue to calling all my banks and being like, okay, figuring out everything. I don't know if this is gonna work. And I think I overreacted because I was watching everyone else's reactions and those guys are screwed for sure. If you have a $30,000 month overhead and your sales just got cut down by 70%, good, you're done. You, you, even if you can get SBA disaster financing, which is apparently the government solution, they're going to give it to you too late. You're, oh, yeah. you're already it's bankrupt. It's going to take you months to get Yeah. And you're already done. Yeah. It's already over. And to me, when I think about other people, I'm like, I'm so grateful. I, I literally, I, I showed you the warehouse. I think I talked to you about the warehouse yeah. and I talked yep, to you about this guy. I was going to add on $10,000 a month in overhead because I thought we were good. And we were good. But no one could have predicted, oh, yeah, gyms aren't going to work in the entire world. Because the government won't let people have it open. Like who – like nobody nobody. can – and so when I think about like what could I have done, what could I do, I think I did everything I could do. And I'm still trying to do everything I can do. I'm trying to get government contracts on person. That's why you'll survive. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I still think about it. I'm like, dude, I mean, <laughs> what happens when, I mean, another thing Amazon did is they're prioritizing essential equipment because these freaking idiots can't stop buying toilet paper. So literally everyone, every FBA order, uh, which is prime, is 30, 30 days out. So they just slaughtered sellers. Like people don't understand. Most businesses don't run like mine where I have a warehouse. They send all their inventory to Amazon like we do with, with the Cool Brew. Um, we, that, that stuff's not selling. Like it's just not, and there's that. It's not us. It's all of Amazon, across all platforms. Because Amazon they, won't let it. Right, and so right there, like that's such a mat. Like that's a, that's a, tr- that's oh, it's a mat. It's 
billions of and billions and billions and billions of dollars and you can't prepare for it so i think the main thing i mean i'm i basically am down to okay if i can operate this thing on like two to three grand a month which i can or even less maybe not pay myself or pay myself the bare minimum just pay your one employee scrape by me and my sister yeah and um scrape by make it through and then hopefully in six months gyms are back up and running and everyone's back at the gym. I just can't let my supply chains die. Pakistan's shut down. All airport travel, everything. It's a nightmare. Which makes it, it, it does make me feel decent that at least all my competitors are on the same boat as me. And my stuff's ready. Like all my products ready to ship. It's sitting in Pakistan. Just needs to get shipped to an airport. And those are, airports aren't shipping. So like most of my competitors I would assume are going to end up scared. They're probably going to run out of cash. Which they'll go into debt or they just will fold. Or they'll have enough to get by and do what I'm doing. But you don't want your supply chain to die, but you don't want to run into cash. You see what I'm saying? Like you're yeah. playing a game. So, I mean, I've been cutting back on advertising, cutting back on fixed expenses, figuring out where I'm going to end up at. Like I think we've, we've, we've shrunk by like, yeah, 60 70%. And I think that I hope that it'll stay there and just glide. But I can only glide for so long before either my supply runs out or my demand runs out. And I think that they're both running out. We need the government needs to figure this out fast because they're basically killing companies. What you're explaining right now is really important to understand because whether you own a business, real estate, anything, you have to understand what not only is at risk in the world right now, but what's actually happening to the infrastructure in which we all utilize. And this is the decisions the government's making. They're trying to decide if the cure is worse than the disease. And the cure could kill the patient, as in the United States. How long can the United States go not having an economy, which essentially that's what the government's done. I mean, by the They've end of this... they taken the economy out. Yeah, by the end of this week, most businesses are going to be out of business. Like, by the end of this week, I would say. Obviously, like, your stuff, you're way more insulated. I was telling you this last night. I'm like, dude... Even though I think I, I have well diversified, I have ad revenue, I have um, physical products revenue, I have real estate revenue, all of them are getting destroyed by this. And like my real estate's good for now because Idaho's been good about not shutting businesses down. But the second that happens and my primary revenue streams stop, I mean, there's only so much you can do. Like the government's doing it. That's the problem. I think at a certain point, we have to make a decision on do we let a certain portion of the population go back to work or do we accept that, or, okay, we're going to shut down for three months. Okay, well, the damage we're going to do is we, we're going to come back to nothing. And not only nothing, but there's no money to start back up because it's one thing to pause. Like I think everyone can, it's going to hurt for two weeks, which I think we're in what, the middle of the two weeks? Yeah, it's been a week. Um, so I mean... We could do that. It sucks, everybody. I mean, jobs lost, mil millions of jobs lost probably. Um, but if you go, if you start going a month, two months, I mean, dude, there's uh, there's very few businesses that are going to make that. Well, you, you, people got to understand that the this isn't like oh people. Okay, so when you have a a business, first of all, we're we're going to bring it back down to some basics that a lot of people don't understand. When you hear, oh, that business is making millions, 
first of all, gross revenue has nothing to do with what you're taking no. home. So let's say that you have a 5% margin, right? Grocery stores have a 3%. Others have a 10%. Let's e- give it a 10% margin. Yeah, let's yeah. give it 20%. It doesn't yeah. even matter. 20% is high. 20% that's most. That's really a really high. good e-commerce yeah. business. Yeah. So let's say you have a good 10% margin, and you make $200 million a year. And $2 million. Or $2 million, sorry, a year. And that's 200000 or, uh, yeah, that's $200,000 a year. But let's say that out of your $2 million a year, right, you're now saying that 1.8 of that $2 million has to go somewhere. Operating in some way. So if that $1.8 million vanishes that was coming in the door, well, all the stuff that was taking that $1.8 million that the business had to spend on didn't magically vanish too. Now, there's some what is called variable cost. That means costs that are associated with the act of doing business. So the more you do, the more those individual costs go up. But then there's a lot of fixed costs, which are just basic. They don't go away. They're there every single month. Payroll, rent, you have utilities, products, um, things that you've already bought, capital expenses. There's insurance. I mean, a good portion of businesses are. So let's say that 40% of your business is fixed expense. That's eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. If you if you you could divide that by twelve and figure out, oh yeah, well if your sales dip below fifty thousand dollars, you're not you're you're not only negative, you're beyond negative because you can't restock that product. And that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, okay, how low can I get my fixed cost so that I can make money profitably to turn my money around? Because the government stimulus bill that they're proposing is disaster financing, so they're going to make you go into debt to operate your business. That was fine. That was fine. They killed it. They their their solution was let's shut down the economy with no plan in place, no timeline in place, and th- there's no like they just said we need to they need to they need to shut everything down. Okay, well immediately those service businesses laid everybody off. Like that's not even an option. If we can't open, there's no job. Now it's hitting the rest of us, and I think it it would hit your business last. Well, let's let's talk about that real quick. So. One of the things in the complexity that you have to understand about this is when we say the government, we're not talking about one person. So for anyone thinking here, we're talking Donald Trump. Don't, that's not what we're talking about. So the government equates different levels. to lots of different levels. We have to work with cities. We have to work with counties. We have to work with states. Governors, yeah. We have to work with governors. We have to work with federal government and stuff. So we're in four different states. Well, one of the states said you're an essential business to our business. So you can keep operating. Another one said, you're non-essential. We're shutting you down. We're patrolling. And if we catch you that you're opening, uh, that your store, that your company is open, uh, open and operating, we're going to fine you, which first of all, that's not legal. So we have a whole lot of questions on that. The governor doesn't get to come out and just say, Hey, you know, business X, if the railroads operating, we're going to charge you, you know, a million dollars a day for operating. Governors do not have that power, but right now apparently they do. So um, we did. We're 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 trying to. Well, obviously we're trying to absolute best to protect everyone, follow the laws and everything. So the moment governors ask, we're doing it. We're shutting down our companies. We've agreed to pay all of our employees during the shutdown, which employees don't tend to care much. Like well, they don't care until they're fired. Yeah, I mean, they don't let's, care until let's just fired. talk about the reality. Like, yeah. you can do that for only so long. Only so long. And I mean, for like, the reason AJ can do it for longer 
is because the economic impact to hit storage at the scale that you guys are at is going to take longer. For a guy with one storage facility, he probably already laid off his manager. Let's be real. If I can't let you come in, uh, go get unemployment. Right. Why? Why would I pay you for not doing anything? Right. For going home with your kids. And and it his margins and his margins are different than yours. Way different. So you will feel this in six months when people are laid off and they can't pay their storage unit, and your occupancy drops by thirty percent and doesn't fill up because we can't let people in. We can't take new tenants. And in Tulo, we have other states that we're in where it's not. Do- we're operating as as business as normal. So you've got companies that don't even know how to work. Well, like, they can't can you, work. Yeah. They can't work. They can't function. You have governors that are telling them, we're going to shut you down. We're going to find you. We're police enforcement. Then right next door, right across an invisible line, it's operations as normal. People are coming in and out. People are working. I there's mean, no the, the, rules. There's no rules right now. That is disastrous, obviously, for an economy. And two, this idea, I think, that people, you need to understand, dollar listeners, that, well, we'll just start back up. It doesn't work that it way. It doesn't work that way. And that's the, oh man, you're going to get me pissed off. <laughs> idiots, dude. Like they're just idiots. Like, like, oh, is it worth, is it worth the lives? No, it's not. W- fix it. Where are the tests? You, you've been saying tests for what? Three months, two months, get the tests so we can figure out who has it. So we can all go back to work. Like, it's just a, oh dude, they're just idiots, bro. Like it's just so annoying because they're the ripple effect of what they did without having a salute. This has been around since December, this coronavirus. It's been a problem the entire time. I've been following it. Well, also H1N1 was a, uh, a, yeah, a, a coronavirus. strain of coronavirus. If they would have had a cure, uh, if they would have had a, a cure for vaccine for H1N1, it would have either worked or been very easily repeatable for what's going on now. Yeah, and and people are going to get mad at you for saying that. That's that's yeah. totally fine. I'm not a scientist at all. <laughs> but, but 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 it's but it the fact that there was even nothing. There was no nothing. procedure. There was no testing. There was nothing learned from any of these other viruses. Nothing. And it's just pathetic that they decided that the best solution is to shut the economy down without a plan. I get I get why they did it yeah. to stop the spread because it is super contagious. But they did it without any plan before, after, or during. Well, so everyone's running out. Yeah, and everyone's just running around with their head cut off, yeah. losing stuff uh, because the the downward trajectory is like a like it's it's going down as fast as the coronavirus is spreading up. Oh, it much faster. I mean, every single day we haven't got the jobless uh, uh, reports out, but it is going to be devastating. And I think that you asked me like, yeah. So I mean, that's the e-commerce side, the real estate side. We'll see that in a month or two when people stop paying rent. And the banks are still requiring mortgage payments. So, I mean, unless you want a forbearance, a forbearance where they'll just push your payments out, but you still have to pay it. So, I mean, if the, so, somewhere along the way, if you're not big enough to get bailed out, you're going to get screwed. And it's coming. Whether you lose your job, whether you lose your house, whether you have a decline in sales that puts you out of business, all those things are coming for you. You just need to figure out how to skate by until... They either accept that they need to turn the economy back on because it's worse than the actual virus, or we're just going to not live without an economy and everyone's going to be safe from the virus. Or, you know, there's there's pretty much left or right. And you can't, re- like, unless they want to restart the economy, do the social distancing, and have enough tests in place to test as soon as they see a spark. I mean, don't, like, if this thing mutates and it's way deadlier... I mean, we're all just done. It's just done. Because 
if it mutates to the point where, yeah, 50% die or something crazy, because that's what happened in the Spanish flu. It came around a second time and wiped everybody out. And that's a reality that could happen. And I've been reading about that, but it's like at a certain point, well, and I think it's just the government's just so, so bad at just doing anything. They um, are. They really are. And, and, you know, they're just arguing over the stimulus bill and over semantics. They just, they're trying to pad each other's pockets or their, whichever. Special interest. Baby. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like that every day that's, that's hundreds of thousands of jobs. Oh yeah. Every day. Oh yeah. Um, and they are like pushing their own agendas. It's just, you know, politics as we see destroys Jews, everything. They act as if they're here to represent us and protect us, but at they don't ever do that. No. And they're, uh, and they're so. fine, too, by the way. They're fine. The government's oh, still yeah. going to pay well, them. Well, too, they have their health care in place. They have to be paid. They have for life. pensions for life. For so, life. So, I mean, these, these oh, they're scrubs. Circus of clowns, dude. I mean, they're, they, and, yeah, I mean, I think that what they're doing. We all live in the real world. And that's the frustrating part. When they talk, you see this disconnect. We're sitting here going, we're, we're looking at it, and I'm like, I have to pay people's bills these are families right this is health insurance they got to go to the doctor i've got to actually pay for this stuff to happen and you're not allowing me to take care of people because you say that you're taking care of people which too first of all let, let us let me and rock be very clear we are very much aware of how deadly this is and how bad this is and we're not saying by any means one way or another we're saying that how they're handling the situation and protecting people particularly people in this high risk they've done a really poor job yeah, and I mean, let's, let's okay, we need to, let's create a guideline. Okay, let's contain the virus, keep all businesses running. If you're high risk, whether you have a comorbidity, uh, immune issue, or you're older, let's put you in a pool to where you don't work. What you need, you people supply you, restaurants work with you, whatever it is, that sec- section of they society is isolated. Yes. The rest of us keep going. Government beef up these hospitals in the healthcare system, whether we need to bring people out of work, bring people out of retirement, recruit people, bring in, bring in um, some form of government help, federal government help. Let's do that and put that mobilized everywhere. So if you start to get sick or you need to get tested and maybe, maybe do mandatory testing everywhere so we figure out who has it so we can isolate those people, that's how they should have done it. They should have forced testing immediately, then went around and modified business. What they're doing now is they just cut everyone's head off and now they're trying to trying to restart their heart. And I think that that's just it, this is going to be horrible. And we were talking about it. We probably have a couple couple weeks before this goes catastrophic. And we talked a bit about the commercial uh, mortgage crisis that's about to hit us. And that will be way worse than than yeah, the virus and, itself. And let me talk on that for a minute here. And um I don't know for anyone listening, I don't know if you know this, but we have another podcast where I talk about just self-storage. We had a guy that got on and talked about the capital markets. It's called self-storage income. You can go find it. Um, But one of the things why this recession is different from others, and I I don't want to say good or bad ways, um, but why it's just so different is in 2008, that was a capital market problem, as in we lost the ability for our capital markets to operate in any kind of capacity. So money was gone. Um, healthy companies that were actually producing income and made profit no longer could operate because the capital markets that supplied them with the lines to operate for capital just dis- disappeared. So they were making money. They were profitable. 
And then the banks came and said, yeah, sorry, no, no, yeah, you're done. And they went and laid off hundreds of thousands of people. That was unprecedented. Like healthy companies would be literally destroyed just because there was no access to money. That problem didn't allow our economy to work. And it also didn't allow it to start up. And it was the slow rate on and on and on. This is different. Our, uh, we had a perfectly fine economy. We have perfectly fine capital markets. And then we have a disease that comes in that makes the government shut down capitalism as we know it, take away demand, which demand is what makes capitalism, and it's gone. Um, but the capital markets as of now are still functioning. What that means is that a company needs a bridge loan. They can get it, right? So M&As, different things like this, it's still going on. Capital is flowing through the bond markets. There's banks. Yeah, no, they're being If anything, they're picky. pumping. They're, they're pumping exactly, money into they're it. They're pumping money into it. Um, that is really, really good. And if there is one bright spot out of everything that's going on, it's that our capital markets are good. I got banks calling me. You know, I had – it was um, – was it Wells Fargo? Uh, I've had like three of them call. And they're like, listen, hey, we're great. We have money. We want to loan to you. Um, we have no problems, right? Very, very different than an 08. Um, and uh, so that- For will, now. For now. That will protect a lot of this, but that capital is like the lifeblood of the economy. That'll allow us to start up again, right? And live in the economy to survive and grow. If you take that away- there's no way that our economy can get started again. And how does the commercial... So so what's happening is all these commercial tenants are not able to work or they're not, you know, they're not performing. They've had to lay off their employees and now they're going to either the landlord or the, or the, the lender and they're saying, well, I can't pay you. I can't pay you. So what's so the impact of that? The worry that you have is that it's a catalyst to become a real estate market crisis where you have homes, commercials, people can't pay banks, all of a sudden banks are flooded with bad debt, and that the capital markets all of a sudden start to dry up. That is a level that's like, it, it's, yeah, it, it's all of a sudden now it's, it's, we're, we're in a big, big problem. One of the reasons why I personally, we can be talking on this podcast, maybe totally different in two months, I don't think we'll get there. Because at some point, everyone's going to say, it's not worth it. It doesn't matter. Everybody get back to work. We got to get back. We cannot lose America, which America is America because of the economy. It is. Um, and so if that goes away, we have, I mean, I mean, you're talking about suicide rates. Everyone loses health care insurance. I mean, it, it will be such a host. Infrastructure will fail. That kind of stuff. So, which I don't think we're going to get there, people. I really, really don't. I think there's going to be mass companies that are going to not ever come back. Um, I think Rock will be fine. He'll survive it. He needs two, two things on one side of his company. His real estate portfolio is fine, right? On the one side, he needs the everyone to stop hoarding toilet paper. So this idea that the government, this pick and choosing stuff, right? Th th and this is what I mean by picking and choosing. The government's got to get out of it. So the government classification of essential and yeah. non-essential business is it's screwing ridiculous everything up so you have large distribution channels like amazon manufacturers where the government's going to say you're a manufacturer we're at, we're uh reenacting the wartime act whatever you were doing before you're no longer doing it you're now doing this you're now making toilet paper right so all of a sudden distribution and manufacturing lines we live in a, a global economy the world is truly flat yet we want to cut off borders 
well, we don't work on an island, but we're trying to act like an island. So all of a sudden, they're hitting every single point where we're shutting down the economy. We need the government to stop opening up, but two, we also need to do this in a way that we don't preserve everybody. Lots of yeah. people. So it's a really hard thing that's getting really, really ugly. Um, and when we look at right, kind of where we're at, which I think we're not at the bottom yet. Um, we haven't even seen employment numbers yet. We still have a ways to go, but I think it will not turn around quickly, but it's not going to be year long. It's not going to be like a three year long thing, like the great recession work because capital markets are still functioning, which will allow us to rebound. If that changes, that's something totally different. It kind of depends on how fast they can contain the virus, which, which they're not moving fast enough. I mean, you look at, you look at how crappy their testing is, it's like, People would feel better about going to work knowing that they've the social distancing they're doing and the testing that's being done is figuring out, oh, yeah, these people have it and these people don't. Okay, well, these guys can go back to work because they don't have it and they're not coming into contact with people that, that would. And maybe everyone wears masks for the next six months or a year. Something. Like, let's just do that. Yeah. And the they, prob- they don't have there's no op- clear... They don't have an- they don't have an option. It's right now we're saying you either don't go and communicate, you do nothing, or we're normal. And it's like, no, there's got to be a bridge in between, right? And there's going to be things that are going to change. Like, and we've talked about this before. After this happens, um, some things in society won't just return to normal, right? There's going to be lasting effects in the way that we change how we're going to operate and how we're going to work. Things like social distancing, things like that. Um, if you're a movie theater, for example, if you're a concert hall, this stuff isn't going to bounce back in two months. Yeah, events. Yeah, events. They're not going to because people are still going to be scared. They're going to be nervous, right? Now, your stuff is like... As soon as they open gyms, I should well, be fine. Well, I, gyms like, and just Amazon not choosing who's winners or not. But outside that, you're exactly right. You're fine. The demand will spike, spike back up and everything because they can still interact with your business and product type with... And, and social distance. Right. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really. Um, that's why yours is probably a momentary thing. But there's a lot of businesses that even if it is a momentary thing, they weren't capitalized, they weren't funded, and they didn't have the things in place anyways to survive past a month, which was is a huge portion of all the businesses. A month is a long time. That's a long time in business. A lot of people don't view it as a long time because they look at it and they're like, I get uh, one check or biweekly yeah, every, every and I weeks. cover my expenses, my large expenses are once a month. It's not how business works, right? We're getting revenue in all the time and you're getting expenses in and you're balancing it. So every single week is dramatic and everything is uh, exaggerated in business. And so now you're seeing this tightening. You're seeing people pull back, um, employees being laid off and we're, we're not tumbling and we jumped straight into a recession. Um, now, when we look at this though, and we say, okay, How's this going to turn out, once again, with the capital markets? It depends it, on how long we're locked down for. It depends on how long we're locked down for. And if that's a month, we're probably just fine. Two months, it's going to hurt. But we'll be back. Um, you go out past that, which I don't think anybody will. I just don't. I, I don't think. I, I think the more time that goes on, the less um, weight is placed on getting sick. Right? Does that make sense? So well, people are going to be afraid of feeding their kids. You yeah. know, they're going to be more scared about, exactly. wait a second, I'm not getting, I don't have any money to I feed my kids. Exactly. So they're going to die from starvation or coronavirus. I'm going to work like exactly. So it becomes a different problem, which right now we haven't really faced, but we're starting to. 
right? That's starting to become a reality. I think people are realizing uh -huh. it, or, or they will start to. And that like, will change demands. Here's the thing, like, I remember texting AJ six weeks ago about the coronavirus. I was like, have you heard about this? And you're like, not really. I mean, what, what do you, let me look at it. And I was thinking, this looks like it could be bad. So I feel like we went, I went through the panic already. Yes. You went through the panic. Yes. And I think we're, I'm, I'm beyond it. Like, I, I get it's horrible. And I, I really wish it would go away. It's, it's ruining everything. everything. I, every, yeah. Health, everything. Everything that I care about and enjoy is, is ruined. And I'm, I'm in a good spot. Most of these people that are getting it or exposed, like, obviously, they're in worse positions. So I think everyone's trying to... Um, well, and, and two, I need to make this clear. I don't want to get hate mail or anything else like that. Said if, what it said, if you were old, you'd care if you were at high risk. No, I locked my mom up in, my, in, my, in her house already. Yeah, well, and like, two, you're <laughs> talking to somebody that was on a machine to breathe for him for months. So trust me, I, I understand this stuff. I, I understand what it means to not be able to breathe and, you know, to be high risk and to say these are major health issues. I'm not, there's no head in the sand. I... I completely understand. Um, but also, now we think, what if this does go three, four months, what is life looking like then? Like, what's the catastrophe that we're in then? It's way more. Yeah, it, it's we have no looting, resources. crime. Exactly. Like, they would have to deploy the National Guard to prevent it. Like, think about in L.A., there's people living on top of each other. And they, they're, even they're even relieving police restrictions on crime. Yeah just so they can support uh, the things that need to be supported out there. And whenever I hear, like when you hear that, you're just like, oh, yeah, this is not good. Yep. And people will only deal with it for so long. People have low attention spans. Yeah. They're dumb. Like think about how many people just went and bought a panic bot three years worth of toilet paper. Yeah. You know, like people don't think clearly in panic. And they're not going to think even better when they realize they don't have a job. They're running low on money. And they're about to lose their house and they can't feed their kids. That's the panic we're going to get to. And it's, I don't and think it happens I'm quickly. People don't understand how fast it happens. When a lot of people were just shocked in the last two weeks when they were told to go home and we'll see in a month if you have a job. Yeah. And everybody's like, wait, hold on, what? Most of them were excited. Most of them thought, oh, wow, two-week quarantine. Exactly. Yeah, this is going to be they fun. Were. They were very I saw, excited. Yeah, you see it. all these challenges and I'm like, you have no idea what's about to happen. Yeah. And, and then they're like, okay, boss, I'm ready to come back now. Uh, there's nothing left for <laughs> there's you. There's nothing left to come Go back file to. for unemployment. Exactly. Oh, and there's no more jobs to, to get either because everyone had to deal with everyone it. Everyone had to. It's insane, dude. I've never, I never would have, you said, oh yeah, recession. I'm like, yeah, it'll be bad. But I never would have thought it would be this. And, you know, I think now that we've gone down the disaster road and we've talked. Hopefully your anxiety's right in line where you need it to be. Exactly. <laughs> um, and two though, I guess for all of us that were in business and everything through the Great Recession, 9-11, which was more fear-based and shut down um, a lot of the demand, a lot of things we're seeing in the economy. First of all, those things can turn around and they can come back, right? Two, also, there is massive opportunity to be had in times like this. This is where people make it or break it. It's the people that stand up, can have a clear head. They can analyze the situation and solve complex problems. Um, like Rock said, this is a time when people lose their minds. People that are able to digest information and to solve problems are going to be so far ahead. Um, it's, you know, during 08, this, you know, we, I guess we were generally prepared more than other people were because of that type of business we were in and because we stopped buying all kinds of real estate by 
04. And two, it's not because we knew that anything was going on. That had nothing to do with it. You had fundamentals that you stuck to. we just had fundamentals we stuck with. And uh, so that helped us, which is what we hope will help us through this next one and help, you know, grow, which I could be bankrupt in three months. We all could. Who knows, right? And that's why once you get there, it just doesn't matter. This this could all be over. But for us, we see, I'll tell you, some of the opportunities that we're facing, things that we're doing. Right now, you have individuals that have problems that they don't feel they are able to handle themselves. Um, Me and Rock have been working with some individuals, things like that, which we will come in and we will help them solve these problems. And uh, yet we get to participate on the upside through equity positions and through different things like that. So we get to take control over equity spots and we get to increase our balance sheets and our cash flows because we are able to solve problems. And uh, that's it. That's all we're talking about here. No capital injections, anything else like that. Also, you have opportunities that for like us, and in my case, we're doing refinancing, we're taking advantage of incredibly low interest rates. Um, and then two, it's a time to reevaluate and prioritize. All people need to be doing that. Now, you know, people are like, oh, I don't own a business. How do I get, you know, I don't have these opportunities. Well, no, that's totally not right. You do. Um, you know, when I first got married, me and my wife, we did our personal finances as if it was a business. We had a cash flow statement right? We had or an income statement. We have a balance sheet. We looked at it all the time. I was trying to figure out what our ROI was on our capital. Um, I was looking at how we could reinvest our fixed expenses versus variable expenses, how much we were living on, what our net margin was, what our gross margin was, our net margin. Like I looked at our, and I'm like, we are a business. We create revenue. We have revenue coming in and we also have uh, expenses. So we are. And what we do with that money will change the financial position that we're in in a year or so. So this is a great time for you and your personal finances, things like that, to say, hey, listen, what percentage of this in my income? Do I need this? Do I not need this? Right? It's something that should be done a long time ago, but set standards off today. And this is really important. Me and my wife set our financial standards off recession, not on the top of the market, but on the bottom. And at the top of the market, we lived as if we were on the bottom. My expenses have not changed as percentage overall. Variable expenses go up. But the big expenses, things like that that I had, it's the exact same in 010. Exactly. Um, this is the kind of stuff in the create fundamentals because what you're doing is you're creating an average between the top and the bottom. But uh, expect the best, but plan for the worst. So that's why you budget off times like this. And then the upside, allocate into things like diversifying your revenue base, creating assets that have residual income coming in, um, wealth generating activities, right? And if you do that with your businesses, your businesses end up exploding because they get the exaggeration between the swings. So every time that it drops down down to the low, you get exaggerated uh, uh, effect because you're able to absorb and so then when it goes back up, it like compounds and it doubles your wealth, it doubles your income and everything of the sort. And that's just surviving. Yeah. AJ always said like, um, what you, you have that 50, you only live on 50% of your income or it's probably even more. Yeah. A lot less. Yeah. I live lot on less. A lot less. But that was the barrier. Yes. And I feel like that I stuck to that from the second you, I heard you say that like six years ago or whatever. And that's kind of what's saving me right now because I've lost that already. Yeah. And, um, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm still freaking out cause it's crazy. It's just insane 
that things could go from that that fast in two weeks. Um, but I'm still I'm still able to survive it. And as long like there, dude. I mean, this is gonna be a bloodbath. People don't realize like there's gonna be so many companies out of business from this already already done. And if I can squeeze by it, which just seems surreal, because I told you the numbers at the start of this podcast, like it's surreal to, that I need to squeeze by this. Um, and, and by a hair's breadth, like two weeks, I almost signed that lease and I almost hired that guy. I had to tell him like he, he had already, like I had to tell him like, Hey dude, I can't hire you. And so it's obviously not a good situation for him either, but like I will be able to survive it through luck. Really, really lucky that we can still fulfill orders. We can still move cash around because the thing is you don't want your money to stop. You need to keep money moving. Yes. Um, and if we can, it, it, assuming this is only a month or two, we can just slide right through it and kind of pick back up. And then there's going to be increased demand. Yeah, so people. All of a sudden, there's may, less, yeah, it might take a while to build up. Yeah, but there will be less competition because uh, that's and one of the things that you look at recessions are like refining fire. The people that are in it for the long run, they figure out, they stick through it, right? Things like that. Um, and I talk about this in self-storage. There was so many people trying to get into self-storage that are now gone. They're not coming back. They're done. All of us that were in it for the long run, we're going to be in it next year and the year after, and our revenues will keep growing. Um, that's the same with I don't care whether it's insurance or online businesses or whatever you right. The people that dabbled that weren't serious about it, they're not going to be serious about sticking it out and two, they're not also doing the activities or they're not doing the things that they need to do to del deliver that result. And so they go away. You need to put yourself in a position to where, first of all, you're dedicated to whatever it's doing and that you're going to stick through it during the hard times. But then you're you're in a position to stick through it with the har hard times, not roll the dice and see if this works. No, plan, make it work and create a situation. And even in the worst of times, which in a vast majority of our economy, that's it right now, right? In 2008, it was, you know, same type of thing. I mean, it, it really was. It was of epic proportions, nightmarish, right? Um, you had everyone from the government to the largest banks in the world that were never supposed to ever have, I mean, these were, these, these companies were rated the same as like the U.S. government and they disappeared in like months. Trillions of dollars evaporated. These things happen. And what happens is we get in a cycle of 10 years where it's up and people forget about it. You know, all those guys that are advertising online, you know, oh, I'll show you how to buy a Lamborghini and look at me and my hot car. So they're all gone, right? They're all gone. They washed out. All that kind of crap gets it's out of It's it. funny how fast they just disappear. Disappear. Nobody's getting hit by those ads anymore. Like, I mean, they're all gone. And the guys that are just trying to hustle out 200 bucks from you or whatever it may be, they're, they're just gone. And this happens every single cycle because what people forget is the good times, right? They're exaggerated just like the bad times are. It's actually everything's offer, operating off of a medium, somewhere in between. We just get a false sense of up and a false sense of down in both times, right? Because in that situation, when you're making tons of money, you don't, you can't imagine how it would never not happen, right? And then vice versa. When you're in the bottom of it, you can't imagine how it would ever happen. Well, that's where I, I feel like that's me. Like I cannot, like it, I keep saying this, it feels like a dream. Yes. 
Like this does not feel like reality. Well, every morning, so fast. Yeah, and every morning I wake up and I'm like, damn, <laughs> 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 it's still not a dream. <laughs> and and like it's it's crazy because like you're saying, I've never been in business with a situation that's bad. Like I didn't realize that all that stuff was good. Yeah. It was just how it was because I've been in business since I graduated high school. High school, yeah. and that was uh, like 2012. So I mean, for eight years, it's just been good, and it, I didn't have a reference point for what was bad. But this, it's like really like nerve wracking to see that everything can go wrong all at once. Like I guess it's the worst case scenario. It's kind of relieving because I'm still able to make it work for now and then you just kind of roll with the punches every day you just take it day by day like that's all i've been doing is just like okay what do i got to do today to make it through the day and i i like i always held resentment towards my dad on how he handled 2008 but i can see now how how it would be to have a family and lose your job lose your house i could see how that would just you just keep getting punched in the face over and over and it's mentally taxing and it's it's crazy to see that there's no solution right now. We're all just in it. It's insane. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part for people is, and two, this is one of the things that I would say for you guys. You want to get anyone listening to this. You want opportunity. You want, you need to stand up and be a leader because this idea that the government's going to do it for us and everything, I guess that was something I learned really quick in 2008 was like, they don't know what they're talking about. You're sitting here going, one month they're like, yeah, we're totally fine. The next month we're like in a depression. And you're like, you guys have no idea what's really going on. And two, yeah, you're going to bail out banks, but you're not bailing me out. And that comes down to me. I got to have multiple sources of income. I've got to, you know, and I talk about this a lot, someday your treadmill will stop. And how do I preserve myself? How do I make sure that I can grow? How do I make sure that I can survive. And that's not how we want to live life or think, but it's, and when I say survive, I don't mean, I I don't want to invoke these feelings of fear, things like that, because surviving and thriving are so closely related. It's not even, it's not even funny. Like we talk about the difference between being rich and being wealthy. Being rich means you make a lot of money. Being wealthy means you don't have to worry about money. You know, I know people that, you know, they were making, you know, just money hand over fist. And then I knew people that were making a middle-class job, but they made it passively. And in the recession, one was bankrupt, and the one that no one even noticed was totally fine. They were going on vacation. They were just living a non-essential life or whatnot. And it was like, wow, you know, this rich guy, he didn't have it together. He drove that you know, $200,000 car. Everybody thought he was hot stuff and everything. But it turns out the Bob down the street who had – $60,000 in income, but it came passively. He had it together and he had all the upside and he had everything else, you know, to go. And it's that, you know, some people say, oh, he was just surviving. And the other one was, that wasn't true at all, actually. The other one was living way beyond his means. So he wasn't surviving. He wasn't thriving. The other one was living within his means, making exactly was, uh, uh, and what people thought were surviving. No, he was actually thriving. He was thriving. And so this balance between surviving and thriving changed for me. And I viewed it as like thriving means mentally, emotionally, and it means, too, progress. So for me, thriving means that I'm here tomorrow. It's not today. It's not that I've got 
the flashiest thing of the party or that I've got this, you know, just this aura. That stuff is all pride. That stuff's all driven by greed and pride, things like that. Whereas when I look at people that are growing intellectually, spiritually, that they're growing, you know, physically, they're becoming better themselves and they're improving their job. And it, 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 it it's not surviving, right? They are personally thriving, but they're doing it slowly, incrementally, and that pays off so much in the future that all of a sudden people don't understand how did you get there, right? And how does that work? Um, and there's so many things that confuse us, I think, obviously, in media and things like that, which whole another topic we're not getting get off on. But right now is the time to orient your life and your expectations and how you're going to grow and how you're going to move forward and start put, dialing in the compass, right? The compass to true thriving, right? And where that really lands. And that's something that I, like a lot of people, had to do during the last recession. We had to change and reorient our compass and what that looked like altogether. It was a cultural shift, right? And I feel like now's a remnant. And it's like, oh yeah, that was just 10 years ago. That was nothing. That was a blink of an eye. And we're already kind of in the situation again. And I'm not saying too, I'm not saying that anyone could have prepared for this. Don't don't misunderstood me. This is nothing anybody could have prepared for. And two, the hardest thing about it is most of these people that are getting affected have jobs that um, most of these people were living month to month. And that's where we're trying to get away from, right? And the best way to do that is to create wealth, right? And to create wealth through diversified sources of income, which you've done, other people well, have done. It saved me. And it saved you. And, it will, and it'll be the thing to not only save you, but to create massive growth in the future. Yeah, I mean, just thinking, like, as long as my real estate, like – the real estate is secured by the other two. The other two are secured by the real estate and like everything's kind of backing itself up. So I'm not screwed. Like I, I, I'd be fine. And then my worst case scenario is, okay, I got to go get a job for six months to cover my overhead so I can put my money back in to kick, get everything yeah, back your up. Your worst situation is still better than it's everyone's life. 98% of norm. Well, no, not even because they don't have the real estate assets. Right. Or the you, business. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So it's, you know, you got to put things into perspective when yeah. you're looking at it. And that's why doing those, the hard things, and that's why entrepreneurship may not be for everybody too, though. Well, and here's the thing, like you, like AJ has always been like, do everything. I have my, I have my bachelor's degree in business. I've built a multi-million dollar company. I can go to a bank. I can go to a big company and get a job as a, as a VP or a director Which making too, 150K. There was a time when you're like, I don't need my degree because I'm never going to need a job. I know you, you, and, and I <laughs> did it anyway. Cause AJ said, and now I, I like, I, I've been applying, like I just, I want every avenue. Like, and if, if somebody offers me a job making 150 K a year, I'm taking it yeah. even like, and I'll do it like yeah. for six months to a year, yeah. pump all that money. Back, like I live on a thousand bucks, dude. I'll, I'll pump all that money back in, get to where I need to be. I'll have outlasted everybody else. And I'm, I'm good. I have all of it still. And the, the one thing you don't want to do in this situation is start losing things, yeah. lose one house, lose another house, lose a tenant. Lose, a, lose the revenue. Like, well, you know what I'm saying? I think what you're hitting on, and even a lot of stuff that I've hit on, and we talked about this, uh, this other, the other day, there's something called the pride cycle, right? And I'm very, very big on this because it's true. It's an everlasting principle. And it's that we get in good times, we get caught up in a pride cycle. And what you're talking about is the ability to not put pride first. You're like, listen, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that my business, that my employees get paid, things like that, you know. And that's what we need. You need people that can do that. When you get caught up in a pride cycle, you 
put too much importance on what people think, view, or feel about you, and that actually ends up hurting you. Oh, I don't want to get a job because, I mean, not saying that you even need to get a job, which you probably won't ever need to get a job, job go back to getting a job. But if you do, who cares? Like, oh, dude, it doesn't I don't matter. Care. Your business will survive. All your real estate will survive, right? And But this pride cycle that we get in, it seems like it builds up, it builds up, and then we all get taken back down. We all get humbled, right? Like, I, everybody. Everybody in business. It's a reality check. Yeah, and I've always viewed jobs as stepping stones. Like every job I've done is there. I'm there to learn and progress into the next stage. If I need to take, if this pushes me back six months to 12 months, whatever it is, and I have to go get that job to get back forward six months, it's better than not getting the job going back 36 months and not getting back to where I need to get. And so I think people... And obviously, if my situation would be way different, if my overhead was five grand a month and I, I needed 5K, then I'd be, no, it's not an option. I have to go do that. Yeah. But right now, I still have advertising income that we, we're making. I have Jim Reaper's income. I have... Um, About to get another business. We have Cool yeah, Brew. Yeah, another business. Yeah. Uh, we don't, I don't pay myself out of Cool Brew, or, but, but, and that's business is struggling. So like, I can, you can easily see how like, it, it, legs are falling, yeah. but I'm still not screwed. And I've protected my backside so that I can go and, okay, I need to go get a job that I, if I work nights, okay, then I can make 16 bucks an hour and I can make three grand, cover my overhead. I can pump all the money back in the business. The business is good in six or in three months. You know, it depends on how long this is. That's the problem is like nobody knows if this is one month, if it's three months, if it's six months, if it's six months, I needed a job. And instead of burying your head in the sand, no, you got to move. You got to move, and you got to be prepared, and, and you got to be willing to do what it takes. And one thing I've been doing to rely, like I was, I, I probably lost it for a week. I was losing it because it didn't feel like reality. And literally, like depersonalization, like depersonalization, anxiety, like it didn't feel real. Yeah. Like I felt like in a daze. And then I was like, wait a second, I gotta, I gotta get control. And I started meditating, reading, and working out in the morning. That cycle. And then I wake up and do a routine. I j- it's a routine. I just follow it every day. And, and then I figure out, I mapped it out on a whiteboard. Okay, expenses, income, what's, what can I do? And I just, I'm just, just doing shit. Yeah. Like it's not even an option anymore. Whereas most people are still probably shell-shocked or ignoring it. Yeah. The worst thing you could do is ignore it. And I'm, you got to be proactive. You got to get out there. Dude, yeah. And I'm working on government contracts for personal protective equipment. I think we're, we're going to get St. Luke's. I think we can get the, the state of Idaho. And if I can do that, not only am I helping the situation, um, but I mean, that'll hold us over. It well, does, too, think about where that's going to take you in the future. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't understand that you, the act of doing and recession creates opportunities. My company that I have was, was built in a recession and it was built off that. I was on a treadmill. All of a sudden I was losing contracts. I was in a lawsuit. Things were falling apart. I'm like, I need to create something that can not only hold me over, but can create wealth and income, stuff like that. And that's where my company came from. And so, guys, and too, honestly, everybody listening to this, this is entrepreneurship. And it's not the glamorous side, right? We're, this is as real as it gets. This is, right, this is the part that you're not just talking about all, you know, good, fun, fluffy, oh, yeah, taking risk, or saying those classic quotes that people say in podcasts or whatnot. These are real decisions, real actions that we're talking about that need to be made and that have been made. And for people, when you're looking at it, figuring out what you can do, honestly, action becomes the best thing. 
you have to get out there and you have to create opportunities for yourself, for others, and you got to solve these problems. And I think you're right when you say you get shell-shocked. I remember being the same way, just being absolute shell-shocked by my position because it turned around so much a decade ago. And like almost being paralyzed to the fact where I'm like, I don't know what to do. Just shocked. And like, I don't know how to proceed forward. Same thing. I got into meditating. I got into working out. I'm like, I got to get my body and my mind right. Right. But then too, I'm like, I just got to get out there. And I got to get out there and make stuff happen. And I think that's probably the difference between the people that survive and thrive and not. They get up and it's okay to be shell-shocked. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to for, go through For that a little bit. You got to take that step. Because I've never. Get out and get moving. Yeah. You got to hold the line and you got to move because I think that a lot of people right now, they're going to be so focused on the virus or they're so focused on what they're losing and they're not being able to detach, which is what Jocko talks about. You need to detach and look. You need to look at the whole playing field because right now I could have hid, but all my factories that make my, my products are medical factories. And I'm like, hey, can you make medical equipment? And I started reaching out and I got in touch with the right people. And now I'm like, okay, just let's figure this out. I'll beat everyone's price. I don't even care about making the money. I need to keep cash moving because if I'm not moving cash and you start to just deplete, 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 you're done. And I think most people that will survive this are the ones with enough cash with that don't get shut down immediately and can, can last until the government's like, okay, we get back, we get back to work now. And I don't think that's in, I don't think the two week is going to work. I think I'm preparing for at least a month, probably two months. And hopefully by that point, there's stuff in place or, um, we've bridged it long enough. Um, but we'll see. Maybe we'll jump on a podcast in a month. And well, well, yeah, we do this every week, and so it's it's moving week by week. But honestly, everybody, I hope this gave you kind of an insight to the real. I mean, we're talking as if we're not on a podcast here. We're just talking as if going over business operations. We're talking about what we're seeing. Um, it's real. It's truthful. I hope you guys appreciate that. I hope it um, shows you and helps you out figuring out what you want to do. But remember the one thing too, particularly the takeaway is create activity and opportunity. It's it's okay to be shell-shocked or said if you just lost your job, if you were just starting investing and you got your deal pulled away from you, whatever that may be that leaves you like, oh, crap, maybe I can't do this. Maybe this isn't going to work. No, that's not how it works. I mean, entrepreneurship, you're going to get punched in the face all the time. You're going to get knocked down. It's you got to keep getting back up. you got to keep making things happen. you got to create opportunity and make things happen for you because in entrepreneurship and business, nobody does it for you. You've got to do it yourself. The government's not here to take care of you and me. The, you know, we don't have bosses that are going to take care of you. It's, that's not how it works. we got to get out there and make it happen. you got to do whatever it takes for you and your employees. So anyways, guys, that was a long one. I hope, uh, hope you appreciate it. If this was good, if you guys like this, let us know. Um, this wasn't on any specific content. We were just, or this wasn't on any specific. It's kind like, of what we're just going through. Thing. Yeah. yeah, we're just talking about where we're going through. If you guys appreciate it, reach out to us, email, leave a five-star review. Let us know that you liked it. Let us know that this is the kind of content um, we're trying to re- uh, give you guys what you're interested in. If not, we can stick to the fundamentals, investing in business, but we thought it'd be a great opportunity for you guys to hear not the fluff, not the stuff, but really what's happening. And until next week, everybody, have a good one. Stay healthy. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflow with the number 2freedom.com. 
or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.